0: Don't believe the hype. Read the type. This is Type Beast. Take a look. It's in a book. It's Type Beast, baby.
1: Yo, you're 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 giving our audience some uh, performance uh, exemplary tactics to to just you know if they ever want to become an artist they gotta they gotta use your intro uh energy to 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 really mimic it you know man
0: i'm just i'm just i'm just excited that we're doing another type beast episode you know type beast is where we look at books that are that that's influencing influencing the way um we see uh politics theology economics the country Yeah, so I'm always excited to get into a good book that's that's uh, impacting the way we think.
1: Yeah, man, and uh, you know I'm sure sure the listeners might have noticed a little bit more uh, reading on your end than uh, than my end, Um, (laughs) but uh, you know I I got a few books and let's say I'm working through. Plus, uh, kids are getting a little older. I don't quite have the you know crazy years. I mean, it's still a little tough. But yeah definitely uh young children was a burden on my uh, reading time
0: yeah i've heard i've heard man um yeah no (laughs) i've been i've had a lot of downtime um to read um yeah 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 so yeah so i'm you know i'm really excited to share what i'm learning i'm always looking to talk to to have a discussion about some of the stuff um some of the books and some of the literature and sharing the knowledge yeah, so so today we'll be getting into uh
1: The End of
0: Gender by Dr. Deborah So. So Dr. Deborah So is a neuroscientist who specializes in gender, sex, and sexual orientation. She received her doctorate from York University. Oh go, go lions. No, don't um, count that against her. <laughs> York University in <of> Toronto. <laughs> I worked as an academic uh, researcher for eleven years. As a journalist, uh, So writes about the science of human sexuality, gender, and politics, and hosts the Dr. Deborah So podcast. Follow her on social media at Dr. Deborah So and visit her at drdeborahso dot um, Yeah, so. I can't remember how how I stumbled across this book. Um, I think it was through True North, and I think uh, Candace Malcolm was doing an interview with her, and it popped up. And I was like, oh, this seems pretty interesting. And I was like, oh, uh, she's Canadian. And it's kind of weird, because anytime I see uh, Canadian writers or um, political scientists or journalists, I'm always intrigued to say, oh, um, there's people from... Canada. Our, uh, yeah, our neck of the wood, or even or no, or even because you know Canada's a big place, but from sure. our neck of the woods, um, you know, making 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 a big splash in 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 politics and in, in, in the way people think. Mm-hmm. So um I, I thought her arguments um and her train of thought was pretty helpful. And so I was like, okay, let me look into the book. Uh so so I was uh reading, yeah, I read her book and it was it was uh it was pretty good. It was pretty good
1: nice yeah yeah I, uh, I think i found out about her probably like i think i saw her on joe rogan uh, okay that's yeah. something like that like three four years ago like or, what, what, per, was she on, on Rubin? was she on ruben report as maybe well? maybe it was Rubin.
0: you're right it might have been
1: but dave rubens uh the Rubin report
0: yeah but but she was on um was on what's his name's as well rogan yeah it was on rogan's as well yeah
1: yeah yeah i don't remember which one was the beginning for me i probably took in both after you know finding the other um but yeah, no, she's she's been good. Um, you know, I think when she came up, the previously, I, I almost want to say it was a little bit more about you know focusing on the the transgender stuff as opposed to any other. Yeah, aspect she was on both. The, you know, any other aspect of this conversation. Um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to to learn from you. Uh, from her book, I uh, I'll have it in the show notes page. There's a a podcast she was recently on, like end of 2021, with uh, Babylon B. And so I thought for our audience, that's probably a pretty good content uh, to hear her discuss the book as well. If uh, if you're looking for more content from her specifically about this book,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, uh, part of the reason why I read the book, uh, I got the book was uh, you know I was teaching. I'm teaching sociology, psychology, and anthropology at a Christian school. And uh yeah, these issues came up, man. <laughs> these these issues came up. And you know, the students, you know, have really great questions and I don't have really good answers. So <laughs> I, was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. But we, we had good conversations and I was like, okay, you know what? Um, this summer I need to improve, I need to get better. Um, so I read it and it was good. It was good um so basically uh the the tagline is well the title is the end of gender and then the tagline is debunking the myth the myths about sex and identity in our society and so i'll I'll preface this and she prefaces this um all the time when she's about to talk about her book or whatever the case may be and you know she's not writing the book from a perspective of attacking um the lgbtq um, community specifically uh the transgender community uh, so she you know she she came up uh she she had a lot of friends um gay friends growing up uh she was a feminist and um, yeah, so, so her heart definitely goes out to, to those communities and she, and she makes, she's, she's always clear to make sure that, uh, the book isn't used to attack transgender rights or to attack the community. But she says like, because science has become very politicized, uh, it's, it's important to have a balanced conversation about the science mm. of what's going on. And so she felt the need, um, from her background. Um, studying um studying uh, sexology uh, to, to 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 show uh, what the what the science uh, teaches on the issue so again um yeah she's not trying to tear down the community um, but she actually writes this book to actually help the community um to to defend um children who are going through gender dysphoria um, and so forth and she's arguing that the the politicizing of of these gender issues isn't actually helpful for uh whether whether it's gay children or uh children that that want to transition. Um, and she's saying like like the, the politics is actually hurting them. And so she's mm. writing this to defend them. And so the and so for me, I, I I thought that was attractive in the sense that um she wasn't coming at coming at it in the stance of saying, Oh, this is nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, what these guys are experiencing isn't real, and so she's not saying that. She's saying, "Okay, look, well, let's actually help them. Let's not, let's not just politicize the situation. Let's actually think about how the, um, in economic terms, um, the um, you you have the the, um, sorry, what's the word in when when it com- when it comes to policies, the direct and the indirect mm, consequences." Yeah. Of, of some of these ideas, and so she unpacks that. And so she does a really good job with it from a mm-hmm. scientific perspective. Um, but yeah. also, Joel, I, I'd also wanna just make a quick segue and a quick plug for another book I read, mm-hmm. um, Love Thy Body, um, Answering Hard Questions About Life and Sexuality um, by Nancy Pierce. And this is, this is more from a Christian perspective and a philosophical perspective, unpacking the roots of how we got here with um with um where we are in regards to how we see uh gender and sex uh so that one was philosophical and this one is 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 more um biological more scientific so that was and and both both of them were very helpful mm-hmm. um, but yeah so maybe who knows maybe you know if the listeners are interested we can we can possibly do a type based on love thy body which was uh which was also really good
1: so um for the not, you know, the the non Christian would the love thy body sort of be a constant battle with the text? Was it like, is it you know, very explicitly Christian, or would it be sort of giving a Christian worldview on the issue? Do you know what I mean? Like, in terms of differentiating between those two, the way I refer uh, to word
0: it, lo- love thy body, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry,
1: sorry, what, what were you asking? So, for, for love thy body, you said was from more of a Christian <coughs> perspective, mm-hmm. for the non Christian. You know, would that book um, sort of like when if they were trying to read it, would it feel like they were sort of constantly battling with the issue or would it feel like in the sense of battling to be like, oh, I don't believe this. I don't believe this. I don't believe this. Or would it be uh, worded in a bit more of like, let's say, conveying why we see why a Christian would view things a certain way?
0: Yeah, well, well, what she what, she, what Nancy Piercey does in that book is is trace thoughts thought process. So she's a disciple of Francis Schaeffer uh who wrote how, how how should we then live? Uh if I have it here. Um and so how should we how should we then live? Uh the rise and decline of western thought and culture. And so she's a disciple of him. So the book kind of feels like this one. Mm. Um but but, okay. but from a sexual perspective. Mm. Right? And so okay. and so for the unbeliever who's reading it, it, it's not like, "Oh, you know, come to Christ." It's more yeah, like yeah. uh let's follow this train of thought. We already know. We already know what 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 the culture thinks, and so she's just following the train of thought, and she's and she's and she has, and especially if you're a visual learner, she has some visuals, um, which I loved the visuals to help you see the train of thought in the sexual um in in, in the secular perspective, and then and then she says, okay, well, well, he, he, here's the Christian alternative, and here's how Christians have seen it. So, and I'm mm-hmm. sure for for unbelievers who don't know the Christian perspective and all you know is the secular perspective and it leads to, and they already know where that leads to, right? Yep. Unbelievers know where, where this conversation goes and where it ends. But now you have unbelievers who don't necessarily agree with the LGBTQ narrative, but don't know where to go. And so I think, um, 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 love thy body would, would be, would be helpful in helping them see, um, other nuances to the conversation. Okay. Nice.
1: no that's good um, now uh, I'm always whenever we do these episodes I'm always big on like I gotta have the table of contents open I'm looking at it just you know um, I'm sort of taking a, a piece out of how to read a book um, you know as sort of like here's the roadmap that the author was trying to do and and I'm curious for you you know or sorry the first thing would be the intro or some of really, the the first yeah the introduction is titled the Battle Against Biology. Mm -hmm. Um, and the idea being that that sort of resonates with what you were saying, right? She wrote this book sort of like to make the biology arguments, the science arguments, not to go, um, against any particular, you know, view on transgender or any other aspect of gender, right? Let's start with the science and unpack it. And, And I just, I see that from the way that she's titled, uh, the introduction. So looking at the structure of this book, right, it's it's those three sections with three myths within each section. Um, do you f- did you find that that myth approach? Right. Nine myths is really the, the you know, foundational structure of her book, at least based on the table of contents. Would you say that that was a helpful approach?
0: Oh yeah. 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 Um, it's like a, it's like a sermon outline. Um, it's funny cause I laugh. I, I laugh. I, I look at the, the table of contents. And I'm like, Oh, this woman, this woman is a logical thinker. Like it's just really well laid out. Um, very organized. Um, yeah. So I, I found it very helpful and I thought, I thought, you know, the, the myth, the myths were very um helpful way to, 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 to um, to label the, the chapter so that way you can kind of pick and choose, um, what, 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 what issue you wanted to resolve for yourself first.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So that how to read a book, navigate it as you wish. That's That that sort of structure helps in that regard. If you want to focus on myth number five, which I don't even know. Oh yeah, we're going to talk about that one. Um, you know, you can jump right into that chapter. Probably I would guess reading the introduction first would probably be helpful just to get the, the groundwork. Mm-hmm. But after that, basically every chapter is sort of fair game. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. Cool so um, for a Christian who wants to read this book, what what would you say is like I don't want to say like the right type of apologetic but but you know what what type of a, you know whether apologetics or or let's say a parent who's going through certain things you know who would you say uh, this book would be helpful for everybody? and and i'm assuming that's just because the the current climate and debate it just speaks to it really well
0: everybody yeah everybody (laughs) it's for everybody man. rate of e for everybody (laughs) all right
1: so let's uh let's jump into it um i think for the is it two chapters and the conclusion that we're going to focus on um with respect to sort of sort things. of
0: so so we're gonna look at um, uh, myth one biological sex is um, is a spectrum and then myth number where's myth number five uh, myth number five is children with gender dysphoria should transition and then myth number seven women should behave like men um, in sex and dating mm-hmm.
1: yeah okay that's right three three uh, <clears throat> myths so technically, would those myths be like, would myth five be chapter five? Or is it slightly uh, different than that? Yes. Yes, okay. it would. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So basically, an introduction, nine chapters or nine myths, and a conclusion mm-hmm. is the, the structure of this book. So um, myth one, obviously, she found it to be the, I don't want to say the most important, but, but you know top of the list or starting point i presume there's a level of uh resonance with you as to why you would have picked it as one of the ones to focus on for our discussion so what 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 did you find helpful about myth one being addressed i.e biological sex is a spectrum
0: yeah, so the reason why this is important is because uh the issue of sex versus gender though those two terms get inflated. And so what she does is uh brings clarity to that discussion because I didn't know I didn't realize um what ex- what the exact difference was and so she she definitely nuances it which is which is foundational for any discussion on it. And so um here's an excerpt from from the book and she says <clears throat> Biological sex is e- is, uh, neither um, is either sorry biological sex is either male or female. Contrary to what is commonly believed, sex is defined not by chromosomes or our uh, genitalia um, or hormonal pro- uh, profiles, um, but it's made up of uh, gametes, which are mature reproductive cells. Uh, there are only two types of gametes small ones called sperm um, are produced by males and large ones called eggs that are produced by females. There are no intermediate types of gametes between uh, egg and sperm cells. Sex is therefore binary. It is not a spectrum.
1: Mm. That's interesting. Like, to, It's almost like it's another layer deep, i.e. the science in terms of defining male and female, right? Because I think, I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I'm intending to watch the documentary, What is a Woman? But my understanding, one of the trailers I saw in it was, you know, going to, let's say, a third world country and saying, you know, asking them that question. And the way that they would define it is based on, you know, sex organs, right? Oh, women have breasts, men have penises or whatever, right? Whereas... It's a good sort of differentiation that you're pointing out that, that she actually goes to like a very biological level of essentially reproductive cell production.
0: Yeah, because because genitalia can get kind of dicey when you get into intersex, um, people who are intersex, um, which she gets into um, in the book. And intersex is uh, also known um, as the politically incorrect term um, hermaphrodite. Hmm. Okay, Right? So that's why she says, yeah, like, uh, yeah, you don't want to use uh, genitalia um, for um, defining if a person's a male or female. But but like you said, yes, she she uses the idea of of, um, gametes, which I didn't even know what a gamete was (laughs) until I read the book. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Sperm, eggs. Okay, fine. And so that there is no transitional. um, There is no transition from sperm to egg or egg to to to, to sperm it's just either or uh, and then she goes on to say by contrast <clears throat> she, she's just talking about gender now by contrast gender identity is how we feel in relation to our sex right so i'll say that again um i'll also say this about the book <laughs> uh it was very confusing i got you know it is very very confusing not because she's making it confusing because you have to you know especially you know as as a heterosexual male um you you only see life in your terms Hmm. you've only interpreted life in your way of thinking and so you know it you really have to slow down so as i'm talking i'm (laughs) gonna i'm I'm gonna say things over because sometimes you know. okay anyways you'll see it but i'm gonna go slow and you have to really think through what she's saying it's kind of like math you got to think through. No, no, you, you got no, to say
1: that math to me is like, I don't think dude, I just do it. So, but I know what you're saying, right? Like in yeah. general math, it's yeah. complex. You need to pay attention to the details. And, yeah. And, and then sure add it up in the right place. and add it up. Just yeah. add it up.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. So now we're talking about gender. So by contrast, gender identity is how we feel in relation to our sex regarding whether we feel masculine or feminine gender exp- expression, is the external manifestation of our gender identity. I'll say that part again. Gender expression is the external manifestation of gender identity or how we express our gender through our appearance, like clothing and hairstyle choices um, or uh, mannerisms.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good... um... Sort of, but you know, there's two terms there, right? There's gender identity and gender expression. And I, I sort of like the connection, the way that she's, you know, drawn the connection between the two. Um, And then, you know, for, I see, you know, in our, in your notes that, that you shared with me, you know, you've know, you got this header of like sex versus gender. Is that sort of a theme throughout this chapter of like differentiating?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Di- di- yeah. Differentiating between the two. Um, and then she goes on to say, uh, similar to sex, Gender, both uh, with regard to identity and expression, is biological. And so this is important because then she gets into the debate about nature versus nurture. So again, I'll read that part again. Um, similar to sex, gender, both with a regard to the identity and expression, is biological. It is not a social construct, nor is it divorced from anatomy or sexual orientation, despite what uh, contemporary scholars may have se- um, may have see you believe may have you to see you believe of these things are very much linked. So biology, not society, dictates whether we are, uh, and this is a key word, gender typical or gender atypical, the extent to which we identify identify as the sex we were born as um, and the uh, partners we are sexually attracted to. Right. So gender expression is the um, external manifestation of our gender identity. Um, but I think the, the, the key two terms I just want to unpack is gender typical and gender atypical. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so this is important and this is important to, to the discussion. And I think this is where I think, um, culturally, uh, uh, we've dropped the ball, um, just as, as, as a culture, as a society. Um, so for example, uh, you have gender typical, right? Uh, masculine men, feminine women, that's typical. And then atypical, um, the prefix, the Latin prefix a, the negative is not typical, atypical. And so that's like a feminine man and a masculine woman. And so this is important to nuance. Uh, so for example, um, what usually happens is um, feminine men, feminine boys get made fun of uh, masculine girls get made fun of, right? They're not, not affirmed, right? You're question mm-hmm. like, yo, right. You're kind of questioning this guy in um, his manhood <clears throat> because he's feminine. And so what the culture has done, um, the, uh, the, the more progressive culture will, uh, will say, okay, uh, well, we can affirm you, um, mm. Matt if you're a if you're a feminine boy um maybe you are actually a girl inside and therefore you will have you should consider transitioning same thing with with a masculine um female Uh, maybe you're a male inside so maybe you might want to consider transitioning and so and so and all she's saying and this is what one of the one of the main arguments she makes she's like well you know it's, it's not necessary to go to the, um, other side. So you have, um, you know, the binary, right. Um, male, female, and then you have the third option, which is, um, non-binary. And so she's saying like, there's no need for, to, to say, okay, well, non-binary let's just affirm the people the way they are. Let's just mm. affirm the people the way they are. Um, and, and, and I agree with her on that. I think it's important to like affirm, um, feminine men and, um, masculine women. Right. Um, we, we all, you know, we all grew up people, people like that. We all grew, we all have friends, family, people who are like that. Now, the other nuance now is that, you know, some, in some cases they might actually turn out to be gay. Um, but sometimes they're not (laughs) right. (laughs) Sometimes there's, they're not. Um, but the the whole point was just to make sure that um, that the progressive side might say, okay, I can affirm you. But I think um, those people um, who might not be progressive can say, um, hey, well, we can affirm you as well. Yes, you're a feminine boy, but we still affirm you as um, a man, a, a boy. Uh, yes, you're a masculine girl, but we still affirm you as a girl.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think... For me, the big thing I took away from this—I don't remember if it was from your notes or, or the Babylon B uh, podcast that I listened to—the idea that, let's call it, the atypical gender is still a product of your biology, mm-hmm. right? So, being a feminine man or a masculine, a female, is dependent upon your genes.
0: Is dependent upon your biology. Yeah, and your exposure, your exposure to testosterone in the womb.
1: Right. So there's an aspect of your your body's development mm-hmm. can influence that, but that's still biology, right? That's like when we talk about nature versus nurture. We're not talking about nurturing the development of your body. We're talking about the nurturing of your culture or your mental capacities. Right, yeah. like generally speaking, when we talk nature versus nurture, right, we're not when we talk about nature, we're talking about the body and its natural exposures, versus culture is almost a better way of thinking it through nurture. Um, and so I just found that as a very um specific uh identifier that sort of goes against the narrative, right? Like, and and, and I, I, along the lines of what you said because of the, the way sort of progressives affirm those that would have been bullied because they were atypical. And the lack of affirming leaves them in no man's land to some extent and and left to only going towards a group of people who will affirm them or, or there's a draw towards that group of people. So I, I think that's something that, again, if if... You know, you take the transgender conversation period, and the focus being, what does science tell us about what's good or bad about, you know, what people are suggesting, uh, like transitioning, right? What's what? What does science tell us about the negatives of doing that at a certain age, which we'll get into with myth five, right? Mm-hmm. And and so this is another example of where the science can inform us how we should think about gender, and I think. The culture or the progressives have just defaulted to no, it's a spectrum. It's a social construct. There is, we don't talk about biology.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, But maybe uh, I can uh, jump into this. Uh, It uh, it might be a little controversial. I don't know if it's too early to get into something controversial. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. But um, this book changed because, you know, this is what Type Beast is about is literature. That's kind of changing the way we think. So it's kind of made me reevaluate. The way Christians view gender, mm. right? And I was just like, "Oh, wait a minute! So if 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 it's you know, is it okay biblically for a man to be feminine? Is it okay for a woman to be masculine? Right? Um, we got passages like uh, I think Second Timothy." talking about, I don't permit a woman to, to, to preach, uh, man is the head of his home, Ephesians five, uh, you know, head of the wife woman's body. Right. And so I, I said, head I coverings, kind of head, head coverings. And I was just thinking about these, these, these concepts. I'm like, okay, so how, how would this align? And so as I was wrestling with it, um, and I'm still wrestling with it, but I think, um, one of the things that, um, i'm I'm sure about and I could be corrected. <laughs> but uh, one of the things I kind of took away was like, oh well, okay, well, you know, with Christianity, when it talks about like gender distinction, it usually talks about it in in two institutions, the church and marriage. Mm. like like the nuance on how we relate to each other. We see that in the church and um in marriage, but we don't see it in society, right? So after that
1: cultural mandate
0: concept yeah so so what we see in society is is you know is is what society determines um what's what what is acceptable for a man or woman to do but i think one of the things that i think is um important that the scriptures does point out um for like the man of his home and like oh you know women are supposed to stay home and take care of the home and men are supposed to make money um but but the scriptures um actually it's it's a command one of the one of the commands that he that, that, that that's put on the husband is that he share the word with his family mm. like that is a command whether <laughs> doesn't matter how you Responsibility. Feel. yeah um that, that that you share the word with your family that i'm sure about that's what that's what husbands um, that's what Christian husbands do. That's what uh, that, that's what men do, um, and 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 that's what's put on you. But after that, um, I'm still kind of working through those ideas. But but it's one of those things where I was like, okay, so is it okay if you know the woman washes the husband with the word, right? But I I, I think I think those those, those examples um, relate to right the the this, the the sexual biology, um, and, and, and how your gender aligns with. So if you're a male, you know, your sex, you're a male, and then it aligns with your gender. Um, and, and not just the way you act, the way you, um, your expression, right. Your identity, like those things all align. And so with the scriptures that goes along with it, but just some things I've been working through.
1: No. and, And I think it's, it's a fair point that, that I think, um, Maybe many non Christians or unbelievers wouldn't give credit to a lot of times. Like, they, I think a lot of unbelievers view Christians as sort of like dogmatic, not to say that some aren't. Um, and, you know, to hear you taking in some information that I don't want to say goes against what you believe, but mm. um, challenges you, you're sort of going, okay, how does that make me? shape my paradigm
0: Mm -hmm. and 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 relate and also relate to what i'm seeing in the culture so like somebody's oh well yeah um the husband has to be the breadwinner i said says who like he has to make the most right (laughs) oh says who right like if you're not a christian um you're not married you know and you know a woman wants to be a ceo she could be a ceo right she wants to be a head coach of an nba team she could do that right but within but just like we kind of you know in the past we've talked about sphere sovereignty numerous times right god has his institutions um where where he's where he, he's been explicit in his institutions and for those people who aren't part of those institutions yo know, you're free to do but yeah uh, but yeah that that's just uh, some things i've been wrestling with and who knows it'll probably develop
1: Yeah, and I think uh, just, just, uh, you know, the way that I sort of see what you're saying is, like, the, the role, the gender role, as dictated by scripture, speaks mostly to responsibility. It doesn't necessarily speak, not always, but generally, I'm saying it doesn't necessarily speak to execution. Right? So, like, I can be responsible and delegate at the same time. Right. And so, and the reason I say that is there's an aspect of, I can wrestle, I can apply the learning that I've just had around execution while still hold on to the gender roles that scripture dictates in, in respect to, as you said, in the institutions of family and church. And, um, I would just say for a matter of completeness, you know, there are some Christians that do view these, you know, sort of roles going beyond and into uh, yeah. society and, and have an issue with a female boss. Now, I would yeah. say there's no scriptural basis for such a thing, but that's a different conversation.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. But I'd also like just quickly add, um, we, we did an episode on what's love got to do with it. And I always I always reference that episode because that that episode really changed what I think. And um it's important, like you know, God, God's laws are not arbitrary, right? They're not random. He doesn't just say, hmm, you know what'd be a good idea <laughs> if we just did this. Let, let's try it out, let's see if it works, right? But but there's really deep meaning and practicality to God's laws. And I, you know, kind of we talk about the spirit and the leather of the law and so forth. But one of the nuances I think about gender roles is is important, is it comes back to basic economics, right in, in, in regards to, um, division of labor, right. And that, um, the man and woman are a team and they, and they both bring something to the table and that the division of, of labor is important to make a home run efficiently. Mm. Right. This Mm -hmm. is why, this is why there's distinction. Right. Um, right. Um, not everybody, as you know, I was saying, too many hands in the pot. Mm-hmm. Right? There's too mm-hmm. many hands in the pot, right? Right. Everybody's playing their role and they're complementing each other. Hence, hence, you know, you know, we use the term complementarian and egalitarianism and so forth. Just quickly, complementarianism is um with separate, um, separate roles, but equal in dignity, mm-hmm. separate in duty, equal in dignity. Um, and then um it, the egalitarian is um, equal in dignity, um, but but interchangeable in duty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we, we don't, I don't want to get too too much down that rabbit hole, yeah, but no. I just wanted because I threw the term, I just want um, to just, just to clarify. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but um, let, let, let's move on um, for the sake of time. Uh, <clears throat> so let, let's move on to myth five, uh, children with gender dysphoria should transition. And I just have one. Um, so she she gives this one illustration that really rocked me. Um, so she was, um, at a speaking event and this guy came up to her and, and was, t- was you know, he's familiar with her work and he was asking her about, <clears throat> about, well, she was, she was te- the guy was telling her, um, Dr. So about, um, his son who has transitioned to, um, a, a, a girl, her, her, his son transitioned into a girl. Right. And so, um, he was just, he was telling her about it. He's like, oh, you know, um, you know. My son was acting like this um, from when he was little. He he was putting a towel on his head and pretending he had long hair. Um, you know, he would dress up in his mom's clothes. Um, he would say, you know, I, I really why why can't I be a girl? I really want to be a girl. And so uh, he the, the the father took the son to a doctor who she was familiar with, and she and she said this like internal dialogue. She's like, well. Yeah, I know that guy, but he's not really scientific. You know, I know that doctor. I'm aware of his work, but he's not really scientific. And, you know, he's just telling the story. He's like, yeah, so so they put him on uh, puberty blockers. They put some on, on puberty blockers and then um, start to transition, um, giving him um, – helping him to transition into a girl. And and she says this. She says this at the end of the ba- um, the conversation with the guy. She says, in my mind – it was very likely that he did not have a transgender daughter he had a gay son and i and i kind of put the book down i was like oh oh snap i was like, wait i think i understand i understand the argument because like i said before because you know i'm a heterosexual male and i, I don't live in that world <laughs> um i i don't you know i don't have a framework for understanding these arguments right yeah. you know and you never had to wrestle with them like
1: it didn't matter. But, it
0: wasn't relevant but, to you. Right. But you know what, too? And another reason why I read this book is because, you know, I have friends who have children who are seriously wrestling with with, with, with the transgender issue. And 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 I'm seeing my friend, um, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a different side of my friend. I'm seeing him more compassionate. I'm seeing him more considerate. I'm seeing him more gentle, more patient, more inquisitive, um, more prayerful, um, and and as he's 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 confiding in me, I'm joining him and I'm bearing his burden, and 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 you know and 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 helping him work through that. Like it's one thing you know when you don't know somebody, and then when you know somebody and you care for them, you love them, and you know we have friends, you know we have family who, who who struggle with these things, and your heart goes out to them. So I wanted I you know from from this day forth I'm going to dead dead that and shoot down that argument that that christians don't care um that we're homophobic and we don't care about about people who are, who are trans or people who are gay like that's that's a lie from the pit of hell and that's a strong man to the to to the to the eighth degree tenth degree hundred degree right that, that that's not the case because how, how could you you know yeah you they're still you're still human beings you know what i mean mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they are still people like come on well, man they're, but, they're, but not, monsters. Yeah, they're not monsters they're not monsters
1: it's an easy way to dismiss yes. Christians' perspective.
0: Yes, yes. Then that's a straw man. Straw. Yo, if you guys hear people say that, say, yo, man, that's a straw man. Um, yeah, that that that's nonsense. And, and your and your heart goes out to the people. So that was one of the reasons why I well, I read the book because I you know I was reading it for for my friend who who's who's trying to deal with his child, and I was like, okay, you know what? Let me read this and see if this can help. And like, hey, maybe, yeah, it's not like yo, maybe you should just listen, just talk with the kid, just hearing him hear out. Um, but yeah, but the point on the point that she made that really rocked me was that like it's one thing, okay, yeah, okay, we're gonna transition right from male to female, um, which includes you know biological changes. Consequences. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, messing with your body chemistry, um, um, puberty blockers, testosterone, surgery. And all that stuff is not, was not necessary because at the end of the day, the kid just, just was just gay. He was just gay. Like, like, think about that. That's the difference between cutting off your penis and, 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 and keeping your penis, <laughs> cutting yep. off your breasts yep. and keeping your breasts. Like, you know, like that's serious,
1: Yeah, you
0: know, like, so yep. you're just like, yo, just, you know, like, like, yo, let the kid be gay, chill right like like let the let 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 the kid um develop let the kid figure it out but now i understood what the heart of the issue what she was coming at was was like oh wait a minute this is and she used the term i'll probably mention it later on the show but i want to make sure i mention it um it's a different kind of conversion therapy Mm. she called it conversion therapy and i was like oh shoot yeah, it's conversion therapy, right? Because the point is, like, yeah, maybe maybe your kid's just gay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe your kid's just gay. And I was like, oh, I never considered that. And, and 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 that's what she's fighting for. Um, and she has a lot of um gay friends because that's who she she came up um, um with. She has a lot of uh, gay friends who she who she um was friends with. And and they reached out to her and they said, yeah, they see a lot of themselves in these um, young kids who are maybe gay. Um, but are being pushed to transition because mm-hmm. the guy because the boy's feminine he really must be a girl. Well, no, he's just gay. So I, th- I thought I thought that was very powerful and and really got mm-hmm. to the heart of the issue on defending um um those people who can't defend themselves. Yeah, and
1: and I mean that's just one example, right? Like you know, you gave the example of like the kid turned out, you know, like she viewed the son as like okay, this sounds like he's gay, and and if we take let's say some of the the you know, femininity away slightly and just talk about the concept of gender dysphoria, right? Like the re- the reason I'm saying is like that was one example because you can have a scenario where let's say a year later, the gender dysphoria resolves because that's sort of the norm. If you mm-hmm. started taking actions early in in this gender dysphoria, um, you you essentially have made decisions that you can't go back on. Mm-hmm. But had you played out the child's mental development and waited, let's say, till they were old enough to actually make this decision for themselves as an adult, you don't really have... Um, not that you, you couldn't make a decision that's undoable, like you said, if you decide to cut off your penis. Not like you can really put that thing back on. But choosing that for yourself as an adult with a fully developed brain... As opposed to doctors and adults choosing that for a child who, as she put, may have just been gay or the gender dysphoria example where it resolves, right? Like, I mean, I, I, my brother's wife was a athletic female, right? Like my question would be like, could, could she have, you know, been subject to the point of, you know, convincing her? That, that she should have transitioned. I, I mean, I don't know her childhood to say that she had any, let's say opportunity for that. I just know that she was an athletic female, which mm-hmm. to some extent would be a little bit atypical. Um, but, but yeah, it's just uh, to me, that's where it is. Like when you're, when you're basically forcing a child to take puberty, blo- Well, I shouldn't say forcing when you're putting a child on puberty well, blockers.
0: Okay. Well, okay. W- so there's a case um with this girl named uh, kira bell in the uk and she's suing um, um a medical clinic uh for um easily giving her puberty blockers um medication to um for her to transition um but just just, just so um i, I before I, I come back to that point i just want to nuance the point um and use a word because another part about this book which is very helpful was the vocabulary her vo- so the vocabulary is very technical which is helpful for navigating navigating this conversation and so she used the term uh des- desistence so the myth of desistence uh so desistence basically means um um a a, a a kid who wants to um transition but doesn't um, so it's kind like of like resistance uh yeah desistence And so the myth of desistance across all eleven long-term studies ever done on gender dysphoric children, uh, between um, sixty and ninety percent desist uh, by puberty. Sixty to ninety percent desist by uh, by puberty. So desistance refers to the phenomenon of gender dysphoria remitting. A child who has uh, desisted will no longer feel dysphoric about their birth sex. So this is why she's just telling. That's why she's saying, like, look, okay, you want to transition? Just, just you'll just let, just give them some time to do that. And so that's what Kiara Bell, the case in U- in the UK, um, she's she's suing because she's saying, okay, well, look, at sixteen, um, you gave me pu- puberty block blockers after um, um, three one hour meetings. And then and then she was allowed to transition and, and, and take medication. But long story short, um, she ended up um, she ended up um, de transitioning and um, going back to being um, a girl. Um, and and she was like, you know, what that was ir- very irresponsible for the clinic um, to handle um, that medication after, you know, three, three hours, hours of, of a conversation. Right without without parent permission, right? So, yeah, it's fascinating.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, and and I mean the numbers, you know, sixty to ninety percent of gender dysphoria resolving and mm-hmm. or, or assisting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where where the child no longer experiences that mm-hmm. is a great is is what I was saying, right? Like if you if you rush this action or decision, you've now like I I don't know this for sure, but I'm assuming she's suing partly because they've basically there's probably consequences on child reproduction right at 16 years old your mm-hmm. body's developing those things right yeah. and and now maybe not maybe that's not part of the lawsuit but I would assume that's a huge risk you know if you you gave 11 year old puberty blockers you would potentially prevent any development. Um, of those organs, but to, or, or I should say, you know, severely hinder the development of those organs such that yeah. you can't, if you ever wanted to, you know, de-transition as she did, um, okay. you may not be able to have kids if, if you were a female and you took the hormone blockers early, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. so the, the consequences of a mistake with a child are so substantive and are also by proxy, right? That, that that's what, you know, for me is concerning right like i'm concerned about these kids because arguably they're not even old enough to vote let alone old enough to have a decision like this put on their life let alone you know whether they're the ones making it or not
0: right and so this is so i think what what's gonna this the case in the uk is is setting a precedent where they're like okay no we're we're, nobody no child under 18 can make that decision for themselves so that's the direction the uk is going like look if you're under 18, you're not old enough to make that decision. But um, in, in in the U.S., it's it's another ball game. Um, there was a um, there was a section within this chapter <clears throat> called "Political Pawns," and she says there is no such thing as a transgender child. Many people, including parents, annoyingly um, uh, use the term, not knowing. Uh, there is a difference between uh, being transgender and being uh, gender dysphoric. Transgender is, an the term, quote-unquote, transgender, is an identity and political label uh, denoting that an, an individual identifies as the opposite sex. Children, and particularly uh, prepubescent children, do not possess the emotional maturity identity um, um, this way.
1: To identity, uh- to identify this identify. Yeah. Which, which I mean, that's a more technical way of saying, I think what I was trying to say, right. They, they can't make the, you know, their, their mental capacity hasn't developed further enough. This is more Mm -hmm. um, emotional maturity is a good, you know, I wasn't even thinking along those lines. Um, I was sort of thinking along the whole, is it hippocampus that doesn't, or whatever the decision-making part of your brain isn't fully developed till 25. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what that. it might be hippocantus it might be something else, but anyways, the idea that like, you know, our, like just hearing that my thought would be, should doctors be permitted to make this decision before the age of 25, if that's where the, you know, cognitive decision-making part of your brain reaches capacity, let's say, well, I would say, why not 25 as the the age where this starts?
0: Now, yeah.
1: I just say that as like, argue against that, right? Like if, if the brain is fully developed in decision-making at 25 and this is a monumental decision to be made, my, the way that I would sort of postulate, this is like, okay, make the argument for why a younger age would make sense and can be justified even morally, let alone, you know, let's say the consequences of the, let's call it the right decision. Um, you know, there may be some benefits of doing this early benefits um but the the potential consequences in my mind outweigh this on a on a massive level
0: yeah um i i thought this was also a good um good um nuancing of the conversation so she says this transgender activists have gained much political ground uh through use of the narrative that being trans is similar to being gay a person is born this way Um, It cannot be changed. And to question this is harmful to a trans person's well-being. Uh, The ironic thing is that uh, many of these children are indeed gay. And as we will see, by being persuaded to transition, they are actually undergoing a new form of conversion therapy. And so what what she's simply saying is like, okay, well, if if, if there's a such thing as detransitioning, um, or desisting for 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 kids who are wrestling with it and then people who actually um transition um to the opposite sex and then detransition then she's saying well okay well then and 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 in her mind um she's saying that being gay um is fixed like there's no way you can become ungay and so in her train of thought she's saying well being gay is fixed being trans transgender is not and so um what ends up happening is that there's a shame for people who try to detransition or desist right because kind of like oh well you know you're affirmed and you're congratulated um for transitioning but then if you detransition um then it puts you in a um in a spot where people like well what are we gonna applaud you for de transitioning? Um and then there well, point is, is, is the uh, last point
1: about political pawns is is pri- like the that's why that happens, right? Because if, right. if they are using yeah. it for political purposes, yeah, and they've so lost that way any
0: Yeah, value. and so and so what happens is like yeah, you're you're not getting a pat on the back for detransitioning. Um mm-hmm. right? Um and so and so for 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 the, the, the people that want to detransition, it's, it's, it's harder to detransition because culturally, um, you know, the same people who are giving you pats on the back are going to start to question your experience, which, which goes against, um, you know, progressive ideology that you should never question a person's lived experience. Um, Mm -hmm. but the contradiction is, okay, now we're going to question a person's lived experience because they're saying, okay, well, um, yeah, you know what? I, I, I want to detransition. Right. Um, in, in that case. But the at that to new also I would just say that I would disagree um with uh, Dr. So about um people that are gay being gays being fixed um that gay people um don't transition. Uh we have um you know uh, Jackie Hill Perry um um was once um gay um I think Rosario Butterfield um the author um um, she's also, um, yeah, she was also, um, gay and, um, and is no longer, um, a guy I, I used to go to church with, um, <laughs> a guy I used to go to church with, uh, you know, he, he was gay and it's funny because, uh, you know, me and this guy were just talking, just shooting the breeze, just this older gentleman and, you know, quiet guy does this thing. And, um, and me and him are talking, you know, you know, you know, Christians, yeah, man, I used to be on the streets, busting guns, selling crack, and Jesus <laughs> saved me. And then he's telling me his story. He's like, "Yeah, man, um, you know, I was gay, and you know, I read the Bible, heard the gospel, and I'm not gay no more." And I said, "Sorry, excuse me." He <laughs> just said it like nonchalant. Just say, "Excuse me." I was like, "What? What?" I said, "Wait, wait, say that again." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, and I'm not, you know, I was doing that, and not doing it no more." And I said, <laughs> "Okay, so you know, like, do you have a blog?" Do you have a podcast? (laughs) Like, like this kind of stuff is is big. And I said, yo, you should be like, yo, you should be on talk shows or something, or writing a blog, or a podcast, or YouTube channel. And he, you know, he just, yo, he was just shy. He just, he's, you know what, Darnell, man, I don't want that. I don't need that attention, man. I just want to praise my God and go home. Hmm. I don't, yeah, I, I, you know, yeah, you know. (laughs) So, but, but he was just humble about. He's like, you know what, Darnell, I'm not even, I'm not even trying to go down that road no more. I'm just trying to love my, love my God. And so, and so I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying this because I know some Christian parents are probably listening and I've been having conversation with a lot of Christian parents about this. Um, you know, you have kids, Joel, um, you know, right. And so for some Christian parents, like not, not necessarily you, but some Christian parents don't know what to do because they don't, they don't know these terms. They don't know the nuance of the conversation. They don't know that, um, just like trans kids desist. Or trans people um, detransition, or even you know, gay people are no longer gay, right? So, mm-hmm. right. So some of the way how the culture would make it is like, okay, well, it's fixed, mm-hmm. right? Type of thing. So, so I think um, it's just important to to say like, yeah, these people do exist. It's not me in my mind. Like these people do exist, um, and they have a testimony. So I think that was important.
1: So I just wanted to. Um maybe unpack the concept of a new form of conversion therapy. Maybe, and I think I got it here, but, but it's, it, I'm sure some people are like, what are you talking about? Right. So if I'm not mistaken, this relates to the Canadian bill C4, which I yeah. did an episode on, um, yeah. about well, conversion Shootin,
0: lawyer, Andre shooting
1: the, the conversion therapy bill essentially, you know, related to, to
0: what she talks about. Yeah.
1: Yes. Cause she's Canadian. She's aware. <laughs> um, what's so if i understand correctly it would be something along these lines you have a let's say a boy who's gay that boy then becomes a female so now he's no longer gay he's a trans female heterosexual and so that's actually a form of conversion therapy because they're no longer gay because you've changed one of the let's say, pieces in order for it to be a gay relationship. And so you're actually converting them from being gay into believing or affirming that they're a female who's attracted to men. Um, so I, I I just thought, you know, it's a little bit of a funky concept, but to me, that's where I think she's going when she makes this argument. And, and again, it comes back to what you said. She's a very logical, methodical, analytical person. Mm -hmm. Um, in the way that she thinks about the science and, you know, she's a, she's a technically a doctor, um, as well, which we didn't mention Dr. Deborah. So, um, and so I just thought, you know, it's, if you're thinking about this from a, you know, homosexuality conversion therapy perspective, you might be like, I don't understand what's changing. Nothing's changing. But, um, I think, I think that's the logic that she's applying here. And, if you truly believe a man can become a woman and a woman become a man, then the term gay has a problem that, that she's using this term of, or, or she's using this reference to point out the problematic nature with these definitions or terms.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. Myth seven. Women should behave like men. Uh, in sex and dating and so listen to the rest of this episode on buymeacoffee.com slash six cents report there you'll hear the rest of this episode and others a part of our members only series extra change you can choose from three subscription packages two cents package which is two dollars a month six cents package which is six dollars a month and our 50 cents package which is fifty dollars a month your support is appreciated and helps improve the show remember 6 cents makes change Madden and Michel Media